We are duck hunting fanatics. Knee deep in the duck blind. If it flies, it dies. Only duck hunting fanatics know what it feels like to see a brightly colored Drake Mallard cup its wings and soar towards your decoys. It's what we do and it's what we love. Duck hunting fanatics with boots on the ground, eyes in the skies reports. And we get it from professional duck guides all across the country. We interview them for their top tips and tricks from their years of experience from the duck hunting blind. This is Duck Hunting Fanatics, and this is Eric Wilkes. Greetings, Duck Honey Fanatics. Eric Wilkes here, and I have on the line with me Bo Davis from Bo's Outdoors out in Northeast Colorado. Uh, now, Bo, how, how, uh, thanks for joining us here this afternoon. You're welcome. Good to be here. Hey, good. Uh, so how long have you been a professional guide, Bo? Well, about 15 years. I uh, got into it on a preserve deal at about 5,000 acres, then went to an Orvis Lodge, and then uh, I moved out to northeastern Colorado, became a crop consultant, and then uh, had access to thousands of acres, and being I got a degree in wildlife biology as well, and loved to hunt ever since I was a kid, I uh, decided to start my own business, and now I run Bows Outdoors, and this is my ninth season, and I have a lodge, and... Uh, could sleep 10 and now just making a run at being a full-time outfitter out here. That's awesome. So, you know, give us a, give us a clue. What are you seeing in the skies this week out in Northeast Colorado? Yeah. So the ducks are uh, here. We're still waiting, I think, for another big push. We've been, uh, definitely getting them on better, uh, on, uh, colder, snowier, crappier days. Uh, we've had some really good shoots in some cornfields when it's been snowing and then otherwise, uh, We've been getting them on the river pretty good. We're pretty limited to water, so we kind of focus on hog ponds, ponds, and uh, the South Platte River is what we hunt quite a bit. So uh, weather depending, the birds are being real active, and then uh, typically usually, you know, first couple hours in the morning and that last half hour or so um, in the evenings is when the ducks have been moving. Okay. Awesome. Uh, well, well, thank you for that. Uh, I know, Bo, we get a lot of, of guys that are just kind of getting into hunting, but, you know, they've gotten hooked. You know, what's your number one tip for for guys that are just getting into duck hunting? Be patient. Be patient and try not, if you're just learning how to call, don't overcall and don't call that when they're right on top of you. The old adage of, you know, corners of tails is definitely 
uh, something to take note of. Um, and if you can't call, just location. Do scouting, scout, scout, scout some more, because 90% of that and being successful day in, day out is being where they want to be. So if you can find out where they're at or where they're, you know, feeding or they got some little corner in a big reservoir or somewhere on a pond that they like to be, you know, set up a few dozen decoys out there. You don't always have to go big, especially if you're a new guy. You know, you can't afford all those decoys. They really just try to, you know, mimic what ducks are doing and understand their body language. You know, do what they want and make it easy for them to come in there. And I think the more you're patient, the less you try not to overcall or do too much, uh, you'll have more birds to harvest day in, day out. Yeah, and I know a lot of it is uh, you hit the nail on the head. And I know time is one of those precious resources that, you know, we can never get back. But, you know, a guy that's willing to put in some time and do that scouting and really see where the ducks are, where they're coming from, where they're feeding, where they're going, uh, and put in a little bit of time that most guys, you know, just don't do, to be quite honest. Uh, and therefore it puts you in a little bit better position to, to be a, a successful, especially if you're new, uh, where you can essentially just kind of be quiet. And as long as you're where the ducks want to be or are going to want to be, they're going to want to come in and they're going to want to land. Exactly, exactly. I mean, there's, you know, public, especially out here, gets hit pretty hard. But if you can also um, take a day off during the week, um, you know, just, save up some PTO or something and get out there, you're definitely going to help yourself that way as well. Um, because there are opportunities, but you just got to be smart about it. Um, and that's where scouting will really pay off because some of those times when it's super cold, you know, it's an endurance test to sit out there while it's super cold and snowing. But if you can scout and you know the birds are there, um, you're going to have a pretty good hunt with that scouting. Exactly. Now, Bo, I know you probably personally during the season don't get a lot of time to hunt yourself because you're, you know, you're out guiding and you're out moving, moving decoys around and, and moving hunters around as well and catering. And you, you got a lot of responsibility and a lot, a lot going on during the season. But, uh, what's your bucket list, you know, your dream duck hunt? What area, what time of year and why? Yeah, I was, uh, I'd really like to go down to Arkansas and do the timber hunting. We don't have that opportunity. I grew up in the Midwest. So, um, to go down in that flooded timber, I got to do it one time and, uh, it was a pretty neat experience. And especially just to have those birds fully commit in that timber so close, uh, that is something that I don't get to do. Um, and I would love to do that. You know, I get a lot of guys that want to come hunt with me that never got to hunt, uh, ducks in a cornfield. <laughs> and when that's on, that's pretty sweet. I mean, getting those things to cup up, especially just the numbers, because you can get into big bunches coming into cornfields. But my bucket list would be going down to Arkansas and do that standing timber, or excuse me, standing in the timber, having the ducks real up and close and personal. Yeah, that sounds like a real thrill. I know I've got a good buddy of mine that has a lease down in Arkansas, and, and he talks about it all the time. He invited me to come down this year in, in at the end of January, and I'm, I'm, I haven't said yes or no yet, but I'm very much considering it. If I can get the time to get down there, I'm, I'm 100% going to go. It, it just seems like a, a new challenge. It's, it seems really exciting, and I think as hunters, you know, part of our passion is you know, we're always looking for new challenges and new ways to hunt, and new styles to hunt. And it, it just amplifies the experience of, of, of hunting in and of itself. So 
Um, that's awesome, man. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, and, 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 and talking about cornfields, uh, I grew up in the Midwest too. And I remember one year growing up, uh, we, we watched, uh, it was actually geese come in and they were coming into a bean field and they were just decimating. They decimated like 20 acres of beans and we finally got a deprivation tag and this is in the middle of summer. Uh, and I remember the DNR officers coming out and just saying, Hey, you know, shoot all you want until the day the season starts. When the season starts, you can't shoot them no more. Uh, you gotta, you gotta abide by the daily limit. And, and I can't remember how many thousands of birds, uh, geese were coming in and just destroying uh, a friend of mine's bean field. So that, that was a lot of fun. I, I don't think I'll ever get to experience anything like that ever again, but it's pretty neat to, to be able to experience that. Uh, wow. Yeah. That's uh, kind of once in a lifetime opportunity there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, both fill in the blank here. And I just want you to say the first thing that, that, that comes to mind. You know, I, I, I'd never leave for the blind without my blank. Duck call. I'm a JTQ2. It's, uh, it's become quite my personal favorite. And what I really like, and I'm not really just tagging anything. It's just, I've blown them all. Um, uh, with me on the river when it's cold, um, when those birds are moving or migrating up and down the river, be able to, you know, hail call at them effectively, um, to get their attention to come down in there is what's really, you know, critical. And I found with that specific call too, it doesn't stick much because we have some relatively cold temperatures. And when you're down there on the river and moisture and stuff, um, you know, having a good, reliable duck call that won't stick or freeze on you is, pretty critical so that's kind of my number one thing sure sure awesome thanks for sharing so you know as, as a guide what is the biggest change that you made guiding between the start of the season and moving into the late season yeah it's definitely once again just my scouting and knowing how the birds are reacting to my calls and decoys you know the game of the season when there's not much pressure um you know just for numbers putting out big spreads um, and then just calling and how aggressive you need to be calling. Um, I really watch their language and just let the birds tell me what they want to hear. So if I'm hail calling and they respond, they get close, then I'll probably just do a couple quacks and feeders, maybe another little hail call or something in there while they're going away, just to keep them interested and in sounding like, you know, there's active female hens down in there, um, chatting away. So my biggest thing would be just on your decoy spread and how you call. Usually during later in the season, especially if you can get where they're at and where they want to be, less decoys and little calling is um, more effective because they've been called at for three, four months already when it comes into us for, you know, January. Right. And those birds just get educated and get a little bit smarter. So, you know, less is more sometimes. Um there's there's times too where you got to have big spread still and multiple guys and just ripping at them constantly and then there's other times where it's just being subtle and those are some things that kind of just take time and experience to understand but if you ever get to that being patient and being quiet um, sometimes can be way more effective than just calling and calling and calling at them. Yep, exactly. And I know we just did a whole series uh, on, you know, how less is more, because that, that's definitely, I think, a key is it's staying well hidden. Uh, and a lot of times it's just giving the duck something a little bit different to look at or, or listen to 
uh, outside of the guys that'll have, you know, the bigger spreads and maybe they're a little bit less experienced and they don't pay attention to those minute details where uh, they do overcall them. And so uh, you hit the nail on the head a lot of times and, and in a lot of different scenarios, less is more just just purely giving the duck something different to look at. And it kind of, you know, naturally will, will coax them in. They'll think, you know, if, if you got a smaller spread and the ducks look safe and they look content, right. All, a lot of times out of curiosity, they're going to come in because right. They're looking for that same safe area to land because they have been shot at so many times throughout the season. So it, it, it all makes sense. Uh, Bo, it, it, Almost definitely. And then to add to that too, though, Eric would be, uh, motion. I mean, it depends. If you're on ponds and stuff where, you know, you don't have a breeze, motion helps. But on the rivers, when you got natural current and flow where the decoys are moving, I shy, I typically shy away from spinners. We really only use spinners in cornfields. Um, now, there's definitely times and places for them, too, on bodies of water. But, you know, think about what natural motion you have if you're on a river, especially using a little eddy or current, your decoys are swimming. Because it's just like anything – I'm sure some guys have seen with geese too, you know, you can put layouts in fields. I mean, we've done it, just put layouts in a field that they were feeding in just so they'll come to another field, use them as a deterrent because they've got so smart on picking those out over the years because so many people have used them. Think about that too in the later season, right? That spinners are just not always, you know, magical. It's There's a time and place for them. And you got to think the ducks from literally in Canada from September um, are getting hunted all the way through January that they've seen a lot of those. So uh, definitely for the newer guys, people is, uh, you know, that's where it just comes into time experience and being out in the field and understanding ducks and how, what works best. Right. Yep. Nope. A hundred percent. You know, you, you can't shoot them if you don't hunt them, right? <laughs> that's right. My average, you can't kill them from the couch. That's right. That's right. You know, you got to get out of bed in the morning. You you got you got to get out there. I mean, that's that's really the key. Well, both if you could change anything about the current season or limit regulations in your area, what would it be and why? So yeah, I'm pretty good on our limits and what we have here in Colorado and Nebraska. Uh, my thing is we have splits. Um, so I know there's some. Um, you know, advantageous things to that for resting and migration. But for us, you know, there's no magical ball, too, that's going to tell you when ducks are going to migrate, when snowstorms are coming from the north. Uh, for us, though, usually it always is about two and a half weeks or so in December. And more times than not, those birds will get here, and then we'll have a big, nasty cold front or a snowstorm or something, and then they all leave. And so we don't really get to hunt ducks. We'll just kind of have to filter out and really hunt that much hard and drive that much farther to get on them. So I'd like to see our biologists and people do a little bit better work on doing uh, more studies and more biology on ducks' patterns and migrations and resting as far as time frames on what areas they're using and when and how long they stay and feed in areas. Um, I'd like to just see that. Yeah, and unfortunately, those guys, it's tough, I know, for them to get out in the field uh, on a daily basis. And, you know, it's not the same. And it's really what inspired us to kind of put this together, this this boots on the ground, eye in the sky approach to migration patterns and and, and benefit the entire duck hunting community. And, you know, pulling in guys like yourself that are out there physically and you're 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 not only 
out there, but you're moving decoys around, you're moving around and, and positioning your clients where the ducks want to be. And you're actually calling the ducks as well and seeing their body language. And I know a lot of the biologists, they don't, they don't have that kind of time to do that. They're, 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 plate is full with other things like management. Uh, and I know you mentioned you have a, a degree in, in uh, wildlife biology as well. And so, you know, if there's one thing that stands out in your mind outside of the migration reports, what would you, what advice would you give anyone that's maybe a weekend warrior that, you know, they've only got the time to get out on, on the weekends? Once again, try to, I guess, follow reports, follow like this conversation um, and do what you can from the Internet. You know, whatever information you can find, you know, get an area, get Onyx maps, um, get maps of your public in the stuff in the areas. And if you can only get out on the weekends, really, you know, if you can hunt, let's say, First light and you got a spot and you want to go somewhere and you know the ducks are going to be done about 10 or 11 or so, you know, get out and scout the rest of the day. Figure out what's out there. Um, you know, maybe knock on a few doors and just talk to some other people and see where the birds are because you'll never know if you're not, you know, like you said, boots on the ground. you got to put in the time and the effort because the Internet, some people might say, hey, it's peak numbers, but. You know, really, there's only a couple hundred birds around, and they just happen to see one pond that was loaded up. But in that region, you know, they're not that thick. So it's all relative to also where you're getting your information. So you're going to have to decipher out, well, okay, I'm going to hunt this Saturday. And like I said, I'm going to go first light. I'm going to go to this spot on this reservoir. I'm going to hunt till 10. The next two, three hours, I'm going to drive around that reservoir and try and find ducks and maybe talk to the game wardens or, you know, some big places that have the quota boards and see where guys are killing them. It's just a massive amount yourself with a massive amount of information to give you the best opportunity to be successful. That's great advice. I couldn't have said it better myself right there. So, uh, well, Bo, you know, it's been awesome hanging out with you, man. We definitely appreciate your time. You know, if it weren't for guys like you making this commitment to do these, uh, do these reports on a weekly basis, right? We wouldn't be able to, to, to deliver this to the community and, you know, potentially, you know, hopefully ideally benefit every duck hunter that's out there, uh, depending on where you're at and where you're located. So we thank you for your time. We know it's definitely very valuable. We, we certainly do appreciate it. Uh, Bo, tell everyone how they can book a hunt with you. How they get, how do they get in touch with you? Yes, you can go to my website, www.bowsoutdoors.com. You can also re, uh, email me at bowsoutdoors at gmail. And then you can also call me at 720-320-2313. And I'm on social media as well with uh, Facebook and Instagram at Bose Outdoors. If you got any personal questions, through this podcast or want to go ahead and hit me up on anything else and have questions, feel free to hit me up there and I will message you back and uh, give you the best advice I can. Awesome. Well, there you have it right there, everyone. That's uh, Bose Outdoors with an S, B-E-A-U-S, outdoors.com. And you can also email him at bowsoutdoors at gmail.com or give him a call, 720-320-2313. And I will say this, uh, Bo, I know for sure 
is out in the field on a regular basis. So if he doesn't answer, make sure you definitely leave your name and phone number on his voicemail, and he'll definitely reach back out to you and get in touch with you. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Stay tuned for another Duck Hunting Fanatics migration report in the coming weeks. Uh, We're going to do these weekly. So, again, Bo, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it, brother. It's been fun hanging out with you, and uh, we look forward to having you on, on next week. Sounds good, Eric. Look forward to uh, helping more people out and putting more greenheads in the bag. There you go. All right, everyone. Have a great day. Take care. You've been listening to Duck Hunting Fanatics. Boots on the ground, eyes in the sky migration report. On each show, we go knee-deep in the duck blind, and we talk to professional duck guides from all over the country. We interview them and get their top tips and tricks from their years of experience. We talk about everything duck hunting, applications for hunting over small spreads, hunting with decoys, the top five UTV accessories, shotgun accessories, duck decoys, anything and everything gear and apparel. To contact us when we're not doing a show, go to the website at duckhuntingfanatics.com. Find us on Facebook and YouTube at Duck Hunting Fanatics. We'll see you next time.